Welcome to the first episode of the Cream City Club podcast. My name is Spencer Michaelis, and along with me today is my good friend Gunnar Amalunk. How are you doing today, Gunnar? Doing all right. Excited to get going. How you doing, my good friend? <laughs> doing well. Doing well. Um, so given this is our first episode, I think we should probably give a little background on ourselves and what we're aiming to do with the podcast. So uh, just to start off, well, the the way Gunnar and I know each other is from college. We were on uh, the co- a college baseball team together at Wisconsin Lutheran College. Uh, both of us, obviously, big Bucks and Brewer fans, so we kind of gravitated towards each other right away as friends and hanging out and watching Bucks and Brewer games. Um, both of us are pretty deep into it. We really enjoyed digging into all the the nitty gritty with all this stuff. So we've talked about doing this podcast for probably since like the second week we knew each other, but now uh, we're finally going to put it into action. So uh, Gunnar, if you want to give a little background and then we'll talk about the pod. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, same thing for me. Um, You may, you maybe have seen me on Twitter throughout the years with some memes or some videos like that. I try to stay out of the hot take lane. Um, Spencer's got that covered on Twitter, but um like he said we've been playing baseball our whole life we play college baseball together um and yeah I mean we've been talking about it for a while it's just now with the way times are I think the podcast form kind of opened up for us even though it's been like eight years of trying to figure out how do we talk about the brewers and bucks to where honestly I don't care if one person listens or 100 people listen it's just kind of cool to have um a passionate group of like a community kind of um that's kind of why we're here talking right now, honestly. I mean, there's nothing better when you get, like, breaking news or um, a trade or a coach leaving us. Uh, uh, it's just what do you do? The first thing you do is you go on to Twitter and you look at people's reactions. And I think that's just kind of what this is going to be all about is just trying to have fun and be together. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that leads us right into why probably why everybody's here uh, with our Brewers news. Um, so if you want to you jump right into it or – yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess one thing I do want to point out, so we do want to focus on the Brewers and the Bucks throughout this time yes, that we're going to be putting yes. the podcast out, but we are going to try and do our best to kind of group them into a Bucks episode or a Brewers episode. We don't want it to be overlapping too much. Uh, it might happen from time to time. We're not making any promises, but we're going to do our best because we know that not everyone likes both of them as much as we do. Some of you that might be listening might be huge Bucks fans or huge Brewer fans, but you really don't care about the other. Um, and we don't want you to kind of have to sort through that on your own. We want it to be easy for you to listen to what you want to listen to. So uh, otherwise, yeah, like Gunnar said, I think we're going to jump in with the news that kind of brought us to actually get this podcast going. And that is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating, right? No, yeah, I'll come um, with either. If you want to talk about that, we can do that. <laughs> no, we, uh, I think everyone in Wisconsin heard the news, but Craig Council, now the manager of the Chicago Cubs, uh, the last 48 hours or so since that news broke, all hell has kind of broke loose. Uh, people are picking sides, people are angry at different people. Um, there's been some graffiti. There's been some vandali- vandalizing. Um, but really, what was your initial reaction, Gunner, to hearing the news that council was leaving us for 
really our, maybe our biggest rival, second biggest rival, St. Louis, whatever, but one of our biggest rivals. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a gut punch. I mean, as far as the initial reaction, I mean, there's been so many twists and turns over the last. I mean, it's not even been 48 hours, 36 hours. We've gotten pretty much both sides at this point. But I know my initial reaction is I know you sent me a text. I don't know if you had a scoop. I'm going to say you didn't have a scoop. I don't know if you're just trying to scare me. But once we got that initial report, I think it was Jeff passing. I think he said where it was something along the lines of Craig is going to manage, but now he's not going to manage for the Brewers. So then all of a sudden that's just like your heart drops and you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. Um, and then you, like I was saying, you send the text of, oh my gosh, you going to the Cubs. And I'm like, okay, like I, I don't even think I answered you at that point. I just think I just left it and I'm just like, okay, well, that's not an option. They have a coach, so that that can't be true. And then all of a sudden Ken Rosenthal, Rosenthal's tweet comes out and he says that it's going to be a team with a manager. So now your head starts spinning like, oh my God. There's no way this is happening. So then probably like, what, 15 minutes go by? And then all of a sudden, just a simple tweet. <laughs> Craig is going to the Cubs. And I honestly, I just, I, it's almost one of those where you have, well, we can talk about this. When's the last time the Brewers have had this type of news where it seems like we get this a lot with the Bucks, where it's like national, like gut punch news. Recently, it's been good. But right. When is like the last time the Brewers have had something where it's just like a slap in the face where, I mean, I know what my last one is, but you can probably guess what that one is, but Ryan Braun, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what, what, like, what was your reaction? I guess that was my initial one. We can talk about the twists yeah. and turns over the last or the next four thirty six 36 hours, but right. what was your initial reaction? No, I, uh, I mean, I genuinely dropped my phone when the first notification came through that it was going to be the Cubs. Um, when the first tweet came through, like you said, that said, you know, he's not going to be the Brewers manager. I was pretty bummed. I mean, I, I had a feeling that was a possibility when it turned out it wasn't going to be the Mets or the Brewers. Now my head's kind of reeling like, okay, where are we going? Are we Astros? Maybe, um, maybe Padres. I don't know who knows. And then it comes out that it's going to be someone who has a manager and I'm not going to lie, the Cubs did cross my mind right away. Um, but the Yankees were honestly the team I kept coming back to. I thought that was where it was going to be. Boone is, in my opinion, a pretty good manager, but a lot of people don't love him. He's not. He's been there a while. Kind of things get stale at times. So I thought that might be where it was. I know Council's wife apparently liked New York. That was part of the reason the Mets were an option. So I honestly thought that was going to be, and w when that notification came through that it was the Cubs I I really did drop my phone and I mean I hope my boss isn't listening to this but I did not do work for a good couple hours there while I was just sitting there and trying to figure out what what happened like I I just there were so many more questions than there were answers at that time and I just of all the places that was about as far down the actual list as I as I would have guessed so I mean for me I think it's where are you where I know so that was your initial reaction I know you had kind of a bomb of a tweet where you're kind of you kind of took both sides of it I want to say if that's fair to say where it's almost like you took kind of the fans perspective of like how could you do this how could you leave us for our rival and it's also sort of like uh 
I get it. I guess is it was it a money thing? Was it a you know right. whatever else the case may be? But I think for me, it's it's just hard to. I, I, it, it, for for his perspective, I get it. When you're talking about, I mean, we're two guys sitting with a podcast, and right now, and when like it's easy for us to say like, oh, we'll do the Brewers coaching job for. 25,000 a year. Why why would you ever leave this? This is awesome. Uh but when you're talking about 40 million dollars, but then you also talk about well, if we were close, not close, but 5.5 like come on Mark, just give him like 2.5 million. But then there's the other side of it where it's like did we get a second chance uh to even get that opportunity and basically what the quotes are coming out recently it seems like where it's almost like Craig, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, or you got a different feeling, but I feel like it was almost like Craig had something inside of him saying, like, I might need to leave for whatever reason. Because it just kind of seems like where he just, like he said it, he wanted to change the scenery. So at that point, like, who, who's at fault? Like, it, it just seems like he went out, did his due diligence, getting interviews and upping his price, which is, said, which is what he said he wanted to do. And then it just sucks that it's the Cubs. And I guess for me, it's like for how this is the other aspect too, I thought of where think about like today's day and age where it's like every news comes out, like even like a little peep of like every interview he had anywhere. And then all of a sudden this was how, how many miles are we away from Chicago? We didn't hear about one interview that he was going there. Right. Yeah. It was incredible. that's it's it's it was honestly it seems purposeful which i don't think that's like a is it a negative or a bad thing i don't know i don't think i think he probably did it for a good reason like okay i don't want this getting out like i just want to do it wipe my hands clean that's it but yeah well i think i I think part of that has to be that david ross had the job right like he can't oh for sure yeah that interview can't come out with david ross still under contract because he's going to be gone. And if they don't get counseled, they probably didn't want that to be the case. So I think that was a big reason that it didn't get out. Um, but I guess I think we, we're talking about the Cubs and what they wanted in council. And they obviously now, in my opinion, is David Ross a good manager? Not necessarily, but he was kind of a franchise hero. He had a great world series for them in 2016. Mm-hmm. He was a big part of that team. Um, just as kind of like the heart and soul of it. Players loved him. Uh, players still liked him, I think. But I guess we can go into our first question that we got, which is from Colin Quinn. And he was asking, what did the Cubs see in council to make him worth that kind of money? He was liked by his players, but he made some questionable moves that seemingly cost the Brewers in the playoffs. Would we be praising Mark Ananasio if he had made the same deal? So I guess I'll I'll jump into that quick. So I do think that being liked by his players is kind of understating the value he brought to the clubhouse. Um, I think his players thought that he managed the egos and all of the playing time stuff that happens now with in terms of managing injuries and managing soreness and the body and everything that players have to worry about. Every single player who would come around would say, council just knows how to tell you exactly what, you're in the lineup tomorrow. Like we're giving you the day off in three days because it's going to help you out. Um, And he was, he was so good at that type of stuff. Do I think that at times 
he made questionable moves? Yes. Do I think that every manager that you watch every day makes a lot of questionable moves? Yes. Baseball is the easiest, in my opinion, sport to second guess calls from a manager because even the process is questionable. There's never like a tried and true process that you can just point to and say, that's the way you should do it or else every smart team would hire somebody and just tell them to do it that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And the results are going to be random in a lot of scenarios, especially in small sample sizes, which the playoffs are. Um, Council probably trusted his players too much at times, which might've gotten him into trouble with say a Jeremy Jeffers in 2018, where he had such a great season and council just had a hard time going away from him because he figured at some point here, he's going to figure it out. Like, that type of stuff happened for sure, but there's a reason that teams were just trying to move heaven and earth to give Craig Council the biggest contract in MLB history, and that's because everyone sees that he's a very good manager that does a lot for a team, and he gets the most out of players that might not be necessarily the best players in the league, but he maximizes them and maximizes the roster, so Personally, I I would absolutely be praising Mark Ananasio if the Brewers had made this deal. Gunnar, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean that goes. It's a simple yes. I would if I was Mark, I would definitely have brought him back. I would have matched it, and who knows, like you said, if he would have or not. But um, wait, first first of all, Spencer, you know that he pinched it Jesse Winker in the playoffs, right? That's <laughs> that means he's a horrible manager. Don't don't get me started <laughs> on the Jesse Winker stuff. Uh, we'll save that for later, but, uh, Hey, maybe he comes back. We got some more fun memories with him, but, um, no, I think you can obviously speak to more of the bullpen and the pitching management stuff that, I mean, I can to a point, but I think you get it a lot more than I do where to me, it just seemed like he was just making all the right moves for the most part. Like it's like you said, it's literally you're splitting hairs sometimes where it's like, I think some people kind of view it as like an MLB the show type of deal where it's like, Hey, we're up. Uh, we're only down one run. Let's just throw out, uh, you know, whoever Devin Williams. The best pitcher at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then wait, we haven't, we thrown them three days in a row. Why can't we throw them? Now we're up one run. Why can't we throw them the fourth day? It's just like, that's kind of this how baseball goes, unfortunately. And I think he did a really good job of just maneuvering through all that. And I think that's actually probably one of his biggest traits I think I like about him is how well he managed through all that um and then obviously just the personal side of him I think everybody not one bad word you heard about him um I think what's obviously the gut punch of this is him being from Wisconsin uh you know I remember all the hype videos of uh you know we have unfinished business we gotta you know, get this done. Like I'm, I'm with you guys. Like he's one of us. That's what it feels like. I can't imagine a better manager, honestly. And that's why it just sucks right now. Um, and obviously I, I don't know if, I think we have a later question that kind of talks about like, um, is, or maybe you got a, a point coming up here where it's talking about sort of like, what do you do now that he's like his legacy? I want to say his legacy is like tarnished. Yeah. But, and it could be, but like, how do you, I don't know. Like, how do you navigate that now? Like, do you, I'm not going to boo him probably, but I, I don't know if I blame anybody for booing him, I guess at this point, but um, that's just how sports goes. But it just sucks when you got uh, a guy from Wisconsin. It's just like, you're willing to sort of, like I said, when, it's the fact that maybe we didn't have a chance 
and to kind of give a second offer or whatever the offer was match it and then to go from that to it was very quiet about it and like almost like he's trying to sneak out like he wants to get out uh i just think yeah i can kind of see it but i want to get your opinion on that obviously yeah i mean we were going to bring that up in a minute here i I think council's probably going to win manager of the year next year or next week um, when it comes out. He's probably deserved it three or four times since he's been the Brewers manager. He hasn't won it in a great twist of irony. It seems like he's about to win it the week he stops being the Brewers manager. Um, So I guess the question I was going to ask you, but I'll kind of go into it first. Um, should the Brewers acknowledge it? Does it deserve like a press release and a tweet if he does win? Um, in my opinion, does it deserve it? Yes. Should they? No. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get any sort of positive feedback at all on that. It's going to go terrible for them. Um, fans are going to go nuts in the comments. Cubs fans are going to go crazy with the quote tweets and using it whenever they possibly can. I don't think they're going to win there. It sucks because, frankly, he does deserve that type of treatment and that, or not, he doesn't deserve that type of treatment, but he deserves that type of acknowledgement from the team and from the fans. But the way he went out, it's just, I don't think it's really feasible. And then the other part of that is, will he ever be welcomed back with open arms in Milwaukee? What do you think on that? I think it will definitely take some time for that. And I want to point out one of the tweets that just came out pretty much a couple hours before we started airing. Uh, was there a quote somewhere where it was like Craig was like, he was humbled by like the the reaction? Is that kind of like the phrasing he used? He said something like that. I'm not sure he was reading the same tweets we were, but. Yeah, I don't know if he meant that like, like he, you know how like you humble somebody like when you bully him. Right. <laughs> or yeah. they mean it yeah. like, oh, I got a lot of nice comments um like i'm it's nice to know everybody loves me type of deal i couldn't tell i just wanted to know what you thought about that but um at least your initial reaction on that but as far as will he be welcome back i doubt it. <laughs> it it's like it's just any other team in the world yeah. and it, you can make an excuse like not even an excuse for it but like i said the money thing like i i just you can make a thing in it you can of it and you can you can just rationalize it, I guess, a lot better. And then to think about like all of our history recently, and I, I was actually just thinking about this today where it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, it's kind of hot takey. It's not hot takey, but it's, I don't Go for it. uh, it's just almost like, you know, you know, like the 2018 feeling, like the Cubs were like the top of the division. And it was just like, we have to get over the Cubs. Like this is like the, yeah. the hump that we got to get over. And then that's what made 2018 so great that one sixty three. It's like, and I, I like, I can imagine them cheering right now in that dugout for us. And I know it's like obviously a while back, but it's just like, man, all that stuff. This, like I said, this is very deep. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if I like totally believe it, but it's just like, man, that just hurts now. It's just like, yeah, that was like our big moment. And then it's just like, oh, you're gonna go join them now. So, yeah. But, to and answer I mean, your question, I guess, before yeah, before I answer your question, no, I don't think it'll be welcome back. Yeah. And I mean, another huge moment I always think of kind of in the two franchises together is 
the comeback from down seven nothing and Aaron Ashby's MLB debut against the Cubs mm-hmm. that essentially was the beginning of the end for their core. They had a nice lead in the division going into that game and the Brewers made the huge comeback. And after that, they fell apart. They ended up selling off Bryant and Baez and Rizzo and they were never, they haven't been the same since now this last year, things start to look back up for them. Like they're kind of back up on the come up, but Mm -hmm. um, in both of those moments, council was kind of tearing apart the Cubs. And now you're right. It's just going to be weird to see him over there. And, uh, I do think at some point it might be 25, 30 years, but I do think at some point time kind of heals all wounds and people will appreciate that the nine years he had here so far have probably been the best nine years of Brewers baseball or a nine year stretch of Brewers oh, baseball, but arguably it's been, yeah. Yeah. But the way, the way it ended is going to leave a sour taste for a long time for people who were around for this. And like you yeah. said earlier, all those, the commercials about I was born a brewer and all that stuff just feels like a load of BS now. Like you don't, all of that just feels fake. Like he was just saying it to say it, but he didn't actually believe it. And that's, that is tough. Like you always felt like there was a cool connection there and maybe that's just fantasizing over baseball a little too much, but it did feel like there was something different with him here. And now it's hard to feel like that was it all the case. Um, I think we should, while we're still talking about this part of it, uh, Declan Cooper asked, how did it end up getting to this point for council to go to want to go to Chicago? I think there's more to it than just money. Have to think there was frustrations, strained relations, especially with Mark for him to do this. Right. Um, for me, I'm not sure there was, I know it's easy to, to say that, or to think that that might've been the case, Money was a big part of this for sure. Um, the fact that it sounds like he didn't let the Brewers match it means that he probably was planning to leave. I think what it really came down to is rather than being frustrated or having bad relationships, I think it got stale for him a little bit. And I think when he said, I need a new challenge today, which I know personally, when I first read it, I was like, okay, well, you didn't really complete the challenge you set out to complete with the Brewers. Like we did not win a world series would have been great. If we did, that felt like that was the real goal of everything. That was kind of what council said was the goal of everything. He never did that, but I think what he actually was meaning to say is that I just need something new. I need a new adventure, almost like something else where I've just, these nine years have been great but it's, it's time for me to do something else. And I think everyone kind of gets to that point in whether it's a job or just something you enjoy doing where sometimes it's like, I got to change it up a little bit. And if that's all it ended up being and the fact that he could get the largest contract by almost double what the original was, it's hard to blame him, but it does, it does just, it still hurts. So personally, from what I can tell, I don't think there was a strained relationship with Mark. There might be now. The, the Ananasio made some interesting comments in his press conference that were kind of pointed. So maybe now they might not be on the best terms, but yeah, that's a I don't good think point, it ended actually. because of it. Yeah, no, that is a good point. I agree with you on everything you said. The the new angle of like, I think maybe Mark now is upset. I don't even know if, I don't think Craig was ever upset, but now I, this reading kind of Mark's tone 
I would definitely agree that that's kind of where um, things now maybe have changed. Um, but no, I, I guess it, or you might have said it, but he said where he basically said like there was nothing. That's not why he left. Um, straight up, pretty much, actually, almost like word for word. That's why I say he didn't leave. There was no frustration. No frustration. There was no uh, arguments. Uh, whatever. Like he just didn't like us. That's not the case. Um, like you said, he just wanted a new adventure. I guess. Um, man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it does. It does. Um, all right. Well, we've talked about it happening enough. Now I think. It's probably yeah. time to kind of dive into what what's next for the Brewers. So Ken Rosenthal gave out a, a little list of six potential candidates today. Um, one of them was bench coach Pat Murphy, kind of council's right-hand man. Uh, Don Mattingly, who is a bench coach for Toronto currently. He was the Dodgers and the Marlins manager in the past. Joe Espada, who is a bench coach for the Astros and has kind of been a He's been a pretty big name for a while in coaching searches. Um, Dodgers first base coach Clayton McCullough, who was a minor league manager for a while. He's um, been pretty helpful for some of the Dodger hitters. I think um, that the Dodger rookie center fielder, James Outman, said that he was really helpful for him throughout the year. So an interesting guy. And then uh, the Braves manager's son, Troy Snitker, who's the hitting coach for the Astros. He, I believe, is only 34. He's the youngest of all the candidates, but um, pretty big kind of flying up in coaching circles. I don't know if that's all due to his dad or if he's really been, I, I don't know too much about him, but um, kind of a hot name at the moment. And then our favorite former second baseman, Ricky Weeks, oh, was it. listed as well. So <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts on those six names or Anyone else you kind of think they should look into from within the organization? Uh, well, I was going to take more of that route. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the names go, like I know people will point to Pat Murphy. Meh, I like, okay, like, I don't know. Like, who knows if he follows Craig too? I mean, you never know what ends up happening. But and obviously, Don Mattingly's gone now as of today. Yep. Um, and then. I guess the angle I was going to take is we kind of know what the Brewers do in these situations for the most part, as far as history goes, where they just like to look internal. Yep. Um, is that Ricky Weeks? I don't know. <laughs> um, could be for sure. Um, I know you pointed out. I think Carlos being away, but just got promoted to like assistant GM or something like that. Yeah, he got. Which a... was was that the role that Craig had too before he got. Well, he was he was kind of in before like this past season. He was kind of in the role that um, okay, council yeah. had before, which is just special assistant to the GM. He got a promotion. So did Weeks um, yesterday to I think it was something more in the international like department, which makes sense. They did lose uh, Eduardo Brizuela from that department to the Mets. What's the timing on that kind of weird too? Wasn't it announced before Craig announces? It was. I I'm curious if they knew or not when they made these Yeah, because weeks got a promotion too. And he is now listed among the candidates still. So I don't know that any of those pr promotions are going to keep any of these guys from getting a shot. Yeah. Well, that's just, that was the sort of my angle though is. Yeah. I guess we just have to wait and see. I don't know if it's going to be the one of these 
names that we recognize or it's just going to be somebody that is internal and they love them more than anybody else ever will know. Yeah. So, I mean, um, one name I would probably keep an eye on. And I think Jack Stern brought this up at one point on Twitter, but he said, uh, Matt Erickson, who was the Timber Atlers manager for uh, nine, 10 years, probably. And he joined the major league staff two years ago. So somebody with a bunch of major league or with some major league experience on the coaching staff, but also managerial experience, he does seem like somebody who will probably get a pretty good look as well. And then, like you said, I think weeks Villanueva, and then you never know who they might like internally. Like you said, it could be a Walker McKinvin who's been heralded as kind of the catcher whisperer in the, uh, in the major league organization. And I know the pitchers and catchers love him. So those are all guys that you could potentially see at least getting some interviews and getting a chance. Um, Declan Cooper also asked us, what are the positives and negatives of David Ross for manager of the Brewers? I can think of one positive. It would be hilarious to take him after the Cubs got him. It would be pretty funny. Uh, The negatives are everything else about him as manager. I think he's terrible. So, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see much in the way of the only positive really is that it would be a pretty funny joke. And then I would hope that they would be done with that joke immediately. Right. So. It's petty, but also like they're going to get the last laugh in that one. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's really worth the, uh, the jokes. <laughs> yeah. The last laugh will be when council coaches circles around him in our first matchup of the season in oh, yeah. 2024. Um, I guess, just kind of along these lines, what what specific sort of traits do you think they should be looking for in this new manager? What maybe not a person specifically, but like what are you looking for from someone who's going to take over for a council? Uh, so how do we describe Craig Council? Uh, we describe him as <laughs> no, I mean basically what we're literally what we were saying what Craig was good at earlier. Where I think, um, we I think we joke about it in other sports, kind of like. I not to relate it to the Bucks, I'll do it quickly, but it's like, oh, the Bucks had good chemistry last year. They're they're crossing their legs on the sidelines. Everyone's laughing and having fun. Does that turn into wins? No. But I think that is a huge part of it. And I think in baseball that's a definitely a huge part of it, a lot more than other sports. Um, obviously both having played it. Um and I think that's a big part of it. And then obviously just the in game management stuff. I mean, that's for me, like I said, I thought Craig was hitting a lot more than he was missing. So it's yeah. just it was just a comfort zone where I just felt like he I know he's doing the research. I know he's very intelligent. Like it's he's doing whatever is best for his players. Uh and that combined with the situation. Um so yeah, I mean I think you could probably speak to this part a little bit more than me, still that you're a coach. Uh <laughs> um so what do you do for your players, Spencer? Why do you deserve this uh, Milwaukee Brewers manager job? <laughs> I'm a few steps away from that, I think, still. Um, no, but considered main... internal. You're in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> um, the For me, I guess the biggest traits, and you you did touch on it, I somebody who can kind of cultivate a good and continue to grow what's already been a really good foundation for the um the atmosphere and how everything goes in the the clubhouse like you know that the players enjoy being there every day I mean you think Mm -hmm. about the people they were able to bring in this year who 
had concerns before that. Jesse Winker was supposedly a clubhouse cancer in Seattle. That dude Mm -hmm. was not good this year, and they still wanted to keep him around because he was so good as a clubhouse guy. Like, he went that far the opposite way. Um, I personally was pretty worried about Josh Donaldson, and he came in, and there were no concerns at any point. I do think that was something that council had a huge hand in. So finding someone who can continue to do that's pretty important. Um, I guess the only thing I would say that maybe you could say council almost, it's funny because I think a lot of people would say the opposite. I think a lot of people thought Craig council never went with his gut. I actually thought he did a little bit too much down the stretch of his time here. Um, Instead of, Say, for example, we can relate it, okay, even to the Jeremy Jeffers thing. Like, that's going with his gut. None of the numbers in the playoffs would have been like, hey, you should keep throwing Jeremy Jeffers here. Um, analytics would not have told him to keep Sal free, like batting with the bases loaded against the lefty. They would have said Joey Weimer or even Blake Perkins or somebody else should be hitting here because he struggles mightily against lefties. I think there's – a at times almost where he was so he trusted himself so much that he actually did ignore the numbers. And I would, I would say only if you could find somebody who can balance that just a tiny bit better, maybe that's the one way you can upgrade Craig council. But with all the that's other true. traits, those, brought, those batting lineup splits, I remember those where it's almost just like yeah. very righty lefty versus the opposite hand. Right. Where that That's almost just a little bit too much one way and not the other, but yeah. And point. To be fair to him, some people do value like last season's platoon splits more than they should. Like that's a small sample when you're talking about a lefty facing a lefty for one year. Like they probably got a hundred at bats and mm-hmm. over the course of a season, a hundred at bats is nothing compared to five hundred. That's when stuff starts to kind of even out. But um yeah, I mean that would be the main the main thing I'm looking for. I would just be trying to find the next great council. And if he turns out to figure out some of the other stuff a little bit better, great. But I think you can win with great councils and uh, I would, that would be my goal here. So I guess that kind of leads us into our next portion of what do the Brewers do moving forward, which is with the roster. Um, John Weber asked us, do you think that this makes the Brewers more likely or less likely uh, to sell by trading Burns and possibly Adamus. And he kind of says, would they be more likely because they might go into a little bit of a rebuilding situation where they kind of let a new manager get accustomed to what's going on and get comfortable without having to have the pressure of competing that first year with a couple expiring contracts? Or do we think they're less likely because there's already PR, there's a PR nightmare going on right now and there's more fear of public backlash. So what do you think in that regard? Where do you think they're gonna they're gonna go? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about what way we would have went if we had Craig, and obviously, things like we already kind of thought like Corbin might have been gone. Um, so it's just kind of like, what do you consider a rebuild at that point? Because it's like we were already kind of having a good mix. That's kind of what I liked about this last season is we had such a great mix of like obviously the quote unquote freshmen coming up and like these young guys where you can kind of mix them into like a competitive team. Um, And based on Mark's comments, I think he said that his goal is to win next season. Um, What does that mean? I don't think he's going to means he's going to about to open up the, 
<laughs> the bank for uh for players necessarily, but um I think we can kind of expect the the same type of mix um as we were gonna get. Uh that meaning a Corbin trade, maybe getting a couple prospects, maybe a guy who can help right now. Um and then but now I'm kind of thinking of the new angle of we got this Woodruff bomb all of a sudden at the end of the season. So now it's like, I don't know, do you keep Corbin now? Cause you need a guy up there at top. I still would trade him if it were me, but now it's just kind of like, that's almost like a reason again to be like, well, now we're going really young. So it's like, should we just go all the way in? I think in general, to answer your question, I would say, yes, I think it probably is slightly more likely that we go lean a little bit more towards rebuild. But I still think it's going to be sort of the same thing where, like, I wouldn't be shocked if we're in the race to go to the playoffs all of a sudden and we got some guys who hit and all of a sudden we're ready to go. Um, we got some good young guys coming up potentially. I would like to see Jackson. So um, you just don't know how guys are going to do. But, yeah, I mean, I think we'll lean more young. But, yeah, I can give your opinion. Yeah, I I did think about this a little bit. This is this was a good question. Um I would say that if I had to hedge my bet, I would bet that they're probably closer to going a little younger, like you like you were saying. I do think that there's, in general, a bit of a fear for Mananasio that he could annoy the fans. He's not entirely afraid to annoy the fans. He's shown that in the past. But I do think that he he doesn't want to lose the fan base at any point, and I think he knows that with Council gone, the new stadium bill and all that going on right now that trading both Burns and Adamus this off season would at the very least, it would make it hard for people to get excited at the beginning of the year. That doesn't mean that a young roster with Jackson Churio, potentially Tyler black, potentially Robert Gasser in the rotation, potentially. I mean, that's not even counting the guys who already debuted and have shown some potential and potentially could make a jump in that second or third year. Um, that doesn't mean that those guys couldn't compete in what isn't a great division. The central now has a very good manager in Chicago. Um, and it will depend on what the Brewers do, but at the moment, barring a huge change to the rosters, I would view the Brewers as competitive, even if they did trade Burns. Um, Maybe not as much if they traded both of them, but if they traded Burns and even if they only got one guy who might help a little bit this year, I would still view it as a pretty competitive roster. They would have to manage the pitching staff different than Craig has the last few years because you wouldn't have the two workhorses and Burns and Woodruff who could easily go six plus innings and you didn't have to worry about taking them out. You would have to worry about that a little bit more with some of these younger guys and some stopgap guys and Adrian Hauser, Colin Ray types. Um, you would have to have that type of really good bullpen depth that the Brewers usually have. So to me, I think they're, they'd be able to compete even with a Burns trade. But if they traded both of them this offseason, I do think that would signal like, hey, we're, we're taking 2024 as a year to get all these guys opportunities to get them used to the majors. And then we're going to try and get right back into it in 2025. Um. So, yeah, I, I guess I, like Gunner, I would probably lean a little bit more towards they're more likely to trade Burns. 
but it, it would not shock me either way, honestly. And personally, I would I would trade Corbin Burns. I I would cash in on what you can get for him because I think you'd get a really mm-hmm. nice haul from somebody who wants. He's a good pitcher. He he can annoy me and he annoys a lot of people at times, but he is a very good pitcher. He's still a top 10 to 15 pitcher, even at his worst most of the time in baseball. So they they would get a nice haul for him. And I don't think waiting till the deadline would really be worth it because you end up in a lose-lose situation most of the most of the time there. If your team's bad, you've lost some value. If your team's doing pretty well, you might have a Josh Hader situation on your hands where players are pretty upset because you traded Burns. And if you're yeah. doing well enough to want to keep him and it doesn't end in a World Series, you're going to feel like all we got was a comp pick for a guy who probably could have brought us back a lot more than that in the trade market. So it's I, I would go that direction, but it's a good question. I I do think they're probably weighing that a lot internally right now. Um, yeah, no, you brought up a good point. I think for the fans' perspective, if you traded Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas, yeah, I think everyone would be like, okay, this is a rebuild. We're kicking the can down a couple of years. We got some good young guys, but like, we're definitely not trying to do anything right now. Um, it, it's kind of the same. I guess I don't know if I alluded to it or not, but yeah, I mean, I would trade Corbin too. Um, and that was kind of my point of saying. Even with Craig, I would do that because we're you're gonna get one year out of him, like you said. Now you're kind of stuck, even if you wait to the deadline, where it's like we know he's not coming back. Also, we're good potentially. So now it's like, do we keep him? Like I, I thought that was a really good point you made, but um, yeah. I mean, I think that would definitely signal a rebuild. Um, but like I said before too, I I wouldn't be shocked if we're actually good too with that rebuild just knowing us as a organization. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, that kind of wrapped up our main points we wanted to talk about. So we're just going to get to a couple more questions we got from Twitter here. We'll just go through those a uh, little rapid fire. So John Weber just asked the last good question, asked us, what was the more shocking move council to the Cubs or Kevin Durant to the Warriors? Gunner, what was uh, what uh more shocking for I'm, you? I'm going to say I was old enough to witness that. So I'll <laughs> say Kevin Durant to the Warriors. I would say, unfortunately, even though as a Wisconsin sports fan, I now I might say Craig, but nationally, yeah, it was KD to the Warriors. Right. That was what I was going to say. I mean, personally, I would say probably counsel to the Cubs. But in terms of national news, like it was, it was easily Kevin Durant to Colton State. I remember where I was when that happened. I was... Yep. We were up in Door County. It was July 4th when the news first broke. Like it was insane news when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. In baseball move in baseball news, it was pretty big that council's going to arrival, but not nearly the same level. But for me personally, I did not drop my phone when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, and I did for council. So I guess I would have to give that one to council in my personal view. Um and then we got a question from DIY chemtrails, which their name on Twitter is Rick Sweet for manager 2024. First of all, it's a great name. I'm not a huge believer in Rick Sweet for the manager job. He's an awesome AAA manager. For the vibes, I'll take it. (laughs) Not sure it's going to translate to the majors, but he's a great dude. If he did get a chance for, um, he probably deserves a chance at some point here. I'm just not sure I would want it to be in Milwaukee. But your question was, Hypothetically, 
How much funnier would this situation be if Keston Hira had signed a minor league deal with the Cubs moments before the news broke that Council would be their manager? I'll go first on this one. (laughs) The funniest thing would have been if he signed a major league deal with the Cubs moments before the news broke. So that Council actually had to decide if he wanted to use him in his lineup or not. The answer probably would have been not. People who know me know that I'm okay with that, but I know that a lot of people weren't. And I'm sure Cubs fans would have had some opinions on it as well. So that would have been even funnier, but it would have been pretty funny if he had to have the Keston Hira saga, saga all over again uh, with his new team. So Gunner, you got any yeah. thoughts on that? Well, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. That's a good way to poison the, uh, the news, I guess for Craig, if it makes you feel better, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like they had a great relationship or anything like that. So I don't know, but <laughs> that's the point though, I guess is, you're just trying to make him mad at that point, but oh yeah, <laughs> we'll take it. Yes. So verdict, it would have been pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Michael Barnes, our good I friend, Michael this Barnes, question. asked a fantastic question. Um, he asked, can you please rank your top 10 people who would be the worst fit as Brewer's next manager? And Michael said, I think Count Chocula cracks the top five. Uh, I know what Michael wants us to do here. I, he wants us to sit here for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. And he wants me to say, like, Ice Spice, and he wants me to go through the list. I'm not going to do it, so I'll give it to you. Yeah, and you can well, give him what he wants. Yeah, oh, I'm going to give him what he wants. So I, I might have some beef on the Count Chocula. I, he's like eight or nine for me, probably, if I had to make a choice. Um, top five, if, I, if I'm going to give you my top five, it's going to be – Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, David Ross, and Michael Barnes. So that's my top five worst fits for Brewers manager. Uh, Count Chocula honestly isn't even close to my top five, but I get your opinion. I think it's stupid, but I get it. So great question, Michael. Thanks for joining the pod. Um, We're going to move on now. (laughs) We are going to, we're going to just wrap up a little bit um, some more Brewers news, actual Brewers news, nothing related to any serial or uh, top 10 lists. So the Brewers have a few guys in the Arizona Fall League right now. The uh, The pitchers have been – they the, the pitchers who are there who have gotten appearances have been fine. The main standouts have been the, the two position players, Eric Brown Jr. and Wes Clark. Uh, Brown Jr. has an OPS over 800 in the Fall League. Clark is over 1,000. He's hit five homers. Um Clark's Clark's an interesting guy to watch. He he hasn't gotten a lot of prospect love, but he's kind of mashed at every level he's at. And he was at double A. He's mashing in the fall league. I'd imagine he's going to start in triple A next year. And he's got some of the most raw power in the whole organization. So first base has been an interesting uh, dilemma for the Brewers for a while. And he might be somebody who could at least help out with that. Uh, Both of those two made the fall stars game. And, Eric Brown Jr. especially showed out in that game. He uh he had a really nice spinning play up the middle where he he made a he made a couple of the other players that were actually getting interviewed. They got pretty hyped up about it, and then he also went deep in one of his two at bats. So, uh, pretty good showing for him. He he's been I'm really high on Eric Brown. I've been a big fan since the draft. He's who I wanted the Brewers to take he's a crazy good athlete. He just needs to stay healthy. And I think he's going to show that he can be a legitimate MLB shortstop if he can stay on the field. Um, 
I brought this up a little earlier. Just want to kind of give a little shout out to a guy who probably hasn't gotten much love during his time with the Brewers, but he's played a really important role. Um, Eduardo Brizuela left the organization today or yesterday after 15 years. Uh, he went with David Stearns to New York. He's going to be his VP and he's going to be special, special assistant to David Stearns. So he's been really important to the Brewers international resurgence, especially the last five or so years with guys like Jefferson Caro and Jackson Churio and, um, and a name that I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about here, which is Ernesto Martinez Jr. But um, yeah, just shout out to Brizuela, somebody who p- people probably don't know much about, but he's been, he's been important and it's a loss for the Brewers. It's not something they can't get past, but it is, it is a loss. So good luck to him in New York. And then I mentioned Ernesto Martinez. He was signed a, a while back out of Cuba, pretty big signing. The Brewers signed him today to a minor league deal with a spring training invite. He, um, this guy's 6'5", 250 pounds, stole 16 bases this past year. He had a season with 30 or close to 30 a couple of years ago. He's battled a lot of injuries lately, but freaky athletic, huge raw power. Um, he's got a ton of moving parts and a very vicious swing. So it'll be interesting to see if that can play in AAA or even in more at bats at double a, but he played some center field before his injury. He's just really sneaky athletic. And uh, if you ever watch him play the infield, the guy loves to do the splits when he's playing first base, he will do it on a routine play where a guy's going to be out by five steps. It's extremely entertaining. Um, but yeah, he, it's good that they were able to keep him in the organization. Cause it is an interesting, interesting player that they, are at least going to be able to give another shot to it would have, it would have kind of sucked to lose them for nothing in minor league free agency. So good to see that one back. And then we're going to have our last question, which comes from our good friend, Justin Grover. Um, his question is, and he wanted to make sure that this was answered on the pod is how cream city club was chosen as the name. I think Grover has a little bit of a, uh, a dirty mind in this regard, but we just like alliteration and cream city club has really good alliteration. So that's, that's why we chose it. That's the answer. That's what we're sticking to. And we like Milwaukee and that's the cream city. Yep. Um, Um, This perfectly encapsulates it all, I believe. So yeah, um, we enjoy it and that's all that matters. So (laughs) join the club if you want guys. Yeah. Be part of the cream city club. Um, On that note, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and feel free to leave feedback for us and how we can get better. I know, I mean, we stumbled through some of this, so there's no secret about that. We're going to be a little bit of a work in progress. Our hope is that for now, it's going to be the information and the conversation you get more than how perfect we can get through it speaking wise and how, how well we talk and us not talking over each other, but um, we'll get better at that as we go. Uh, The current goal for us is to release on average about two episodes a week. That might not be exactly the same schedule every week. Obviously stuff goes on, but our goal is to be about two per week. We would try to keep them three, four days apart. But if something groundbreaking happens, like, Damian Lillard gets traded to the Bucks, or Craig Council goes to Chicago, or Giannis sets a screen and actually hits somebody with it. 
we might do an emergency podcast. We will be here. <laughs> we will be here. Um, we'll do our best to get something out there for you too. So thank you for listening and hopefully yep. we will see you next time. Yep. See you guys only up from here.